guys. Welcome back to the 30-something podcast with Sunny. I'm Sunny. It feels really weird introducing your own <laughs> introducing your own self on a podcast. What? Um, anyway, I am so glad you're here. This is the podcast where we talk motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. And by that, I mean big life changes, pivots that people have made in their career or their life. Um, you know, reinvention. We're all about that reinvention here on 30-something. I feel like that's such a big part of this stage in life, especially after having kids. I've met so many amazing women who have decided to step in another direction. So that's why we talk all about that good stuff on this podcast. Today's episode, though, is just a bit of a solo rant. I've got a bunch of stuff to catch up on. And I got some reaction to the last podcast that I put out, and I want to talk all about it. So anyway, yeah, we are coming off a crazy couple of weeks in our house. Um, we, of course, uh, celebrated Halloween with the kids, and this might have been our last year doing a family costume, like a whole deal, right? So when you all go under the same theme. Last year we did um, Super Mario Brothers and it was really cute. And this year we were like, I think it's done. I think our kids are a little too old for this. Our son is six and a half. He's going to be seven in a couple of months. And our daughter is five. She just turned five and baby girl, baby Cecilia is two and a half. And um, you know how like when the first one gets too old or too cool for school, you kind of have to drop the whole thing. Well, this year, being the great parents that we are, we let our kids, <laughs> just don't judge me, okay? We let our kids watch Austin Powers. They're, <laughs> they're five and six. Here's the catch, all right? I forgot how... L- l- inappropriate it was because really it's been like 20 years since I've sat down and watched that movie like end to end by the time I got back to the family room where they were watching it and they had gone past like the penis enlarger scene and like the peeing scene where he goes to the bathroom for like 45 seconds the whole shit I mean it had all happened all right it was all seeped into their little brains and they like fell in love with Austin Powers as a character. I mean, like I'm talking asked to play the music, the theme song so they can dance around to it. It's a whole thing in our house. Um, So my son got it in his mind that we should, that he wanted to be Austin Powers. So as a result, we decided to go all in on that theme because we figured we can get one more year out of this family theme idea. He was Austin Powers. Um, Francesca was uh, Vanessa Kensington, who's Elizabeth Hurley's character. I got her a little Union Jack dress and these white go-go boots. It was hysterical. Um, my husband was Dr. Evil. The baby was Mini-Me. And I, we had talked about me going as a fembot, and I thought that is just not appropriate to be walking around in a pink nighty. <laughs> in the neighborhood like no no one wants to be that mom all right so I um I went as sorry I got something in my mouth there I went as just a generic 60s girl it turns out that costumes from Amazon actually are amazing we got our whole setup from Amazon and like shout out to everyone who's ever left a rating or review on one of those items that they've purchased like strange accessories or whatever because I just went by what was best rated and they all really fit well so I put the picture up on Instagram if you guys want to check it out but it was super fun I'm just trying to soak up these last few years you know of all of us kind of wanting to to do the same thing and uh, you know walk around in coordinating costumes and um it was great and then of course um it was an early night. The the young ones have to be back in bed by a certain time. So we get back to our house and just in time, apparently, because I got a, a text message from one of my friends. And she's like, yep, you definitely left just in time. There was a guy walking down the street we had just been trick-or-treating on, dragging a fake corpse behind him, like on a giant chain. Listen, 
let's just put this out there and like let this be a PSA. Don't be that guy in like the family neighborhood. I mean, it was like full on serial killer outfit. There were blood stains. There was a freaking corpse <laughs> that he was dragging behind his body. I was like, this just feels excessive. Oh, did you guys catch that video too? Speaking of excessive and over the top um, Halloween costumes, there was a story that went viral. It was covered by Today Parents and I linked to it on my Facebook as well. I'm gonna log on while we're talking so I can give you guys more of an idea. But um, basically what he does every Halloween is he puts on the hockey mask. I have producer Nikki in here too, so we can pop in. Nikki, hi Nikki. Do you know this? Like the white, the horror movie. Mike Myers? Is it? I, it might be, okay. It's this, not a hockey mask. It's though. not. It's like, oh, you might be thinking of it's like, like a white plastic mask. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's like Hellraiser. I, I'm, Obviously, I'm, I'm. We're not. gonna look. Hellraiser's the guy with the needles in his face. Oh, that's fun. That's fun too. Anyway, so oh, here it is. Oh no, you're right. Michael Myers' dad. Um, okay, so uh, this guy makes it a thing to walk around in this terrifying white plastic mask in his neighborhood. And here's here's his quote. I'll stand in random people's yards and look at them through the window until they notice me standing there. I carry a fake butcher knife. Listen, brother friend. His name is Evan. Evan, I just want to tell you something. Please don't show up to my house in a mask because... I promise you there will be blood and it will not be costume, but it will be me chasing you and beating you down for scaring the living daylights out of me. So this went viral because apparently he was like in doing the whole thing. He was dragging his kid in a wagon through their neighborhood, doing the whole like scary horror movie limp thing and just terrifying everyone. And his wife pulled up and she's like, not again. I'm real. Like that's the reaction. And he, I saw that. It was brilliant. It I was would so be like, good. it's horrible. I'm like so ridiculously angry at this. Like, can you imagine if someone showed up at your house staring at you through a window with a knife? Seriously. I mean, I don't personally own a gun, but that kind of stuff makes me want to own a gun. <laughs> just to brandish it. Just for a second. Just for a second. Terrifying. So, uh, yeah, that's what's happening out there. So I'm glad we don't live in that neighborhood. And Halloween was fun, as it always is with the kiddos. But um, but yeah, so it's been kind of crazy. We did a little trip out of town after Halloween. We came back. Um, and another thing that's kind of, I guess, unique to the season right now is these um, corn mazes. Have you ever been in a corn maze, Nikki? I have never, no. Okay. Well, we went for my, daughter, my five-year-old daughter's field trip the other day. And all these fall things are fun. But in Florida... It's not really ever fall, like weather-wise. It's just, it goes from like Mercury, the surface of Mercury hot to like the surface of Venus hot. So you're Basically, like, yeah. Basically, you're still burning up every time you walk outside. So we were at the corn maze a couple of days ago. And speaking of horror films, like, of course, I'm thinking to myself, this is the last place I want to be. My anxiety was through the roof. I'm like, where's the guy with the butcher knife? He's going to be chasing. I'm going to get stuck. This is horrible. Do you think I'm a total weirdo for thinking No, this? I think that's how most people think. Right? Those oh. places are creepy. It's kind of creepy. Especially now when it gets darker sooner. Oh, it's, bad. it's just very weird outside. Bad news. I do not like going anywhere without a roadmap. I can't read a map, but I like to know where I am. There's always a GPS. I know. I was I was like unnaturally terrified of this for some reason. It's 5,000 degrees. They only had porta potties. So we have a oh. bunch of five-year-olds. It was just, it was a whole thing. So we're walking in. There's, I mean, it, there's mud everywhere. It's a farm. Maybe I'm a little bit of a city girl. I can't handle it. There's porta potties. It's 1,000 degrees. And they lock us into the corn maze. And I'm like, that's it. You this didn't is, sit on the seat, did you? <laughs> no, I did not. I didn't even let my girls use it. I was like, you're just going to pee outside. 
<laughs> it's I couldn't. But um, we get into the corn maze, and thankfully we make it out alive. But you, I never realized the anxiety that these types of things bring on in me until I'm like, I've got a two-year-old, you know, pretty much strapped to my body because she was, you know, you can't really have a two-year-old run through a 40-minute corn maze for too long. Um, so anyway, we made it out alive is the bottom line. But it turns out I've, yeah, I've got some anxiety issues. Mike Myers didn't get you. My first thought was, um, remember Children of the Corn? Did you yeah, that's it? what made me think of it. Yes, he who walks behind the rose. So that was the name of the horrible Mal- Malachi, I think, was one of the guys. He's coming for you next. Mal- I mean, horrible things going through my brain. Oof. So suffice it to say, we're really, we're really in a fall mood over here these days. <laughs> um I wanted to bring up a couple of things. So this is just kind of a catch-up episode. Um, I did do an episode last week that came out, and I want to, before we move on to some other sort of news of the day, motherhood and parenting-related things, um, I want to talk about that a little bit. So the episode I put out last week was called He Cheated, Now What? It was with um, a writer. Did you see that one drop? Okay, Mm so the writer Jody Utter... um, her blog is called utterimperfection.com, and she has um, positioned herself as, um, I don't want to say an expert because I don't know what the qualifications are for this type of thing, but she's written very openly about her personal experience with her husband's infidelity, and um, I put the episode out there. Jody's writing has like sort of gone far and wide. Um, in a world where I think lots of people's first reaction when they hear that word is to cut and run or to like kill somebody. Jody has brought a really unique and I think much needed perspective to this conversation, which is a complicated one. And um, I got some feedback that I wanted to share with you guys. And I just thought it was really interesting and really spoke to the, um, I guess, the controversy of that topic. So I put this out. I shared it on my Facebook page. And a friend of mine was like, I'm so sorry, but I think this is awful. And I mean... (laughs) I completely understand the, the whole. Uh, I, I'm supposing the reaction to the podcast was that she was shocked that Jody has chosen to had chosen. This was years ago now, but had chosen to stay with her husband, work through all these issues, and um, I was really taken aback by that. I don't know. I think it reveals something about um, our expectations these days of um, you know what people share and what they choose to keep secret or their standards in relationships. But um, it it brought to mind that. I didn't realize, I guess a lot of people would have strong feelings about that episode. Um, so, uh, you know, Jody's personal journey and how she chose to move on in her relationship beyond that incident to me is, um, it's, it's incredible. I think you've got to do what works for you in your relationship and, um, her choice to stay, to work through this. And then on top of that all to become a, a voice in this dialogue, because everything online these days, there's conversation about every topic out there, um, is really laudable to me. Um, I don't think a lot of people would take that experience in their life and use it as a jumping off point to help other people. But I have thought about this a lot because I've known her for years. In fact, I interviewed her I think I ripped an old Facebook Live interview that I did with her for one of my previous podcast episodes because I find her story to be, she is so uniquely positioned in this discussion. But, um, you know, I I didn't realize that it could be that controversial and that people would be that opinionated about it. So um, if you did take the time, I I heard back from actually a large number of people with really conflicting sort of opinions on the topic, especially when I when I posted it on Facebook and there were people who came out and said, um, 
you know, I was in the situation and I stayed and I'm glad I did and I was in that situation and then it happened again and I left. Um, I just love opening that door to the dialogue about this type of stuff on the podcast because, you know, this stuff happens. And yeah. to hear her talk, talk so bravely about it, I think, is, is interesting. I mean, everyone has a story and yeah. they have the right to tell their story. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, in this culture where it's very easy to judge someone else's path or decisions, um, it's really important, more important than ever, to take a step back and, and listen to someone and why they decided to do what they do and and I think with her writing and her very sort of frank approach to something that's really difficult she's she's helped a lot of people so um anyway a shout out to my girl Jody. and if you did respond um in any way on that episode because I like I said I heard mostly back from people on Instagram um, I appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts on it because I am doing these um topics and tackling these topics that are part of this, like I always say, the stage in life, because I do think it's important to, you know, talk about the crazy shit that happens. And that's just one of the things that many people in this stage in life experience. And so, um, yeah, so I'm grateful for your feedback is what I'm trying to say. We lost our little mic. <laughs> we have a windscreen here and Nikki's just legitimately fell off. <laughs> So Drew, you're trying so hard to be so gracious, and that's not happening. You're very, so. calm. You're very calm and collected. You don't need a windscreen. You're like good. Thank you. Okay. I feel so bad. I called. It's it's twelve thirty six as we're taping this, just afternoon, and I called what an hour ago. I was like, can I come in <laughs> yeah. and record a podcast? And of course, we said yes because. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you for thank you Aww. for letting me literally drop in. I just um. I just felt like it's been a while since I did a solo, and it's important to do these things and catch up a little bit. Um. Okay, this next topic, we have got to get your thoughts on. Okay. Oh, okay. So I hope this isn't old by the time this comes out. But um, okay, so did you hear the story about T.I. rapper? Yes. Uh, Let me just talk about this for a second. Yes. Let me just tell everybody what it is. So T.I. was the guest on a podcast recently called Ladies Like Us, I believe is the name of it. And, um, yep, ladies like us. And he was doing the interview with the two women who host the podcast and was somehow the conversation got around to his daughter, who is, I believe, 18 years old. Um, this is going to get a little, (laughs) it's going to get a little graphic, everybody. So just a heads up. So he says that he makes a point of scheduling an appointment for his 18-year-old daughter to check that she is still a virgin. Okay, now, there are so many. This is like... Mm. I've never heard. Have you ever? No, and I, mean, I come from a conservative family. This is insanity to me. Yeah. Okay, so let me just let me just read you a little bit. So if you guys haven't heard any of this, you kind of know where we're coming from. So I guess apparently the host thought that he was joking or exaggerating, but he said no, so... After, he says, after her 16th birthday, he said, so this is what we do right after the birthday we celebrate, usually like the day after the party, she's enjoying her gifts. I put a sticky note on the door. Gyno tomorrow, 930. Okay. There are so many things wrong with this. Like, yeah. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a, for a second here. I think um, I'm surprised that there wasn't more immediate outrage to this. It seems like there was a little bit, the echo chamber kind of happened a little bit, but um can you imagine as a 16-year-old girl, your dad doing that? And, and okay, so that's fine. If it's in the name of health, of course, that's something that... Sure. We, right. We, we require special health care as women. We've got different parts. That's fine. That's all well and good. But the reason he's sending her to the doctor is not to make sure that she is healthy, but to make sure that she is still a virgin. So... 
Apparently he tells this, communicates this somehow to the doctor and the doctor um, being a professional says, I cannot share this information with you because there's a, a you know, a doctor patient confidentiality, confide, confidentiality issue um, to which T.I. responds by saying to his daughter, please tell them that I'm allowed to hear this. She is forced to then share her consent to share her medical information with her father. And then the doctor goes back and says, there are, there's no way that I can really tell you if she's a virgin because there are other ways for the hymen to break, yes. to not be intact. It could be, you know, horseback riding, different types of sports, Tampons. anything. Tampons, things like this. And so he says, so I say, look, doc, she don't ride no horses, she don't ride no bikes, she don't play no sports. Just check the hymen, please, and give me back my results expeditiously. To which the podcast hosts were laughing. Um, they have since come out, by the way, the women who host this podcast and have profusely apologized for the way that they reacted to the story. I think I would similarly be in shock if someone sat next to me and told me this story about their daughter. Um, and not only is that not bad enough, but he goes on to say... Um, I think most kids, in hindsight, looking back, they always thank their parents for not allowing to damage themselves as much as they could have. Now, I, I see the good intent here. I'm trying hard. I see the good intent. Um, you don't want an unexpected pregnancy. You don't want um, an STD. You don't want your daughter to, I mean, at the very least, you know, have her heart broken by a relationship that went a little too far, too fast. But is there any other way to describe this but, holy crap? Invasive. Invasive. Invasive AF. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the internet very appropriately sort of lit up after this story went yeah. live last week. And um, I don't know. I, I just, it's interesting to me that we hold so many people, uh, you know, responsible for every single word that comes out of their mouth when we offend somebody or a certain, you know, someone of a certain belief or group of people and then something like this comes out and everybody's like oh you know just kind of sucks I mean I feel like this girl's rights were, are not only were violated her privacy by her father but now on a worldwide stage to have this information out there seems kind of it seems like kind of a betrayal yeah I can kind of understand if she was underage because she's still a child and she's still a minor but also no <laughs> but yeah as an adult I mean she's 18 now right is he she's still doing now. this like yeah. it's like well yeah and then to come out and and make a whole story about it um yeah this I, poor girl's probably had her whole life in front of the you know media and the world and said because her father is T.I. right and this is, like, so mortifying. Yeah, to say nothing of, you know, I told you I was going to get a little soapboxy, but I'm going to keep it. I mean, I'm It's a your fan show. Of, that's, that's right. I have an opinion. Um, I'm a fan of his music. It is what it is. Ooh, but sunny. To say, you know, but this is also coming from a guy who's made a career of really sexual lyrics about women and just abject sort of abject objectification I was going to say but that sounded a little too alliterative but you get the point I mean it's interesting to from someone who's who's made a career out of really pushing the boundaries to like then turn the other corner and say but wait 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 my daughter you know can have no agency over her own body and her own sexual health it's just strange to me it's like treating her his daughter as his property yeah I mean it's not okay I'm just curious why more people didn't (laughs) I guess come out. I think the and- best thing is, is talk to her about safe sex. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. Just have a good conversation with her. Tell her, Hey, you know, this is the reality of it. And yeah. you know, and, and that's it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's insane to me. And now <laughs> with, you know, social media being 
what it is these days. Right. The coverage of these types of things sort of multiplies, and here I am talking about it too. But um, anyway, in the news, you can't use category. That was just something I had to bring up because I feel like... Um, no, it's important for sure. Yeah, it's it, it gives you perspective on how you want to raise your own kids and um, the way you want to communicate with them, I guess. I'm not going to be judgy because every parent does it different. I just feel for of my girl. There. I feel for her yeah. having that put out there because I grew up in a pretty conservative Jewish family and my dad would just tell me men are assholes yeah, <laughs> don't <you> touch <laughs> them there you go. and so you know similar? do you still believe that <laughs> yes <laughs> we talked about um I hope we get a chance to air this episode but I I brought Nikki on the podcast a little while ago and we talked about her her uh dating life lately and yeah how interesting it is to be in the dating pool as a millennial i will just oh ask this gosh. has it gotten any better since we last talked no let me tell you dating in 2019 is basically couples unicorns <laughs> threesomes and sugar daddies wait stop wait what's a unicorn like a unicorn is like the perfect person no wait, a, unicorn a unicorn is the third to your couple wait st- uh, how old am i for not okay there's so many couples on the dating apps it's ridiculous and you know what i don't shame anybody i it's just not for me so no, i'm just gonna cool. stay single wait but <laughs> rewind so what exactly does a unicorn do i'm like oh you know the unicorn the, the magic person you can they go to the back alley <laughs> no like so people what is it's a third person in a relationship. Yeah, what it could be like either someone, a one-night stand uh, with a couple or it could be just a, a girlfriend or boyfriend. That, that is a part of it. Both members of the couple are okay with being sort of part of the relationship. Yep. So when <laughs> – there is so much to talk about right now. So when you're in the dating app – when you're in the dating app, she says, with her cane tucked under her arm. When you're on whatever app it is, does it say looking for unicorn, looking for – like that's yeah. the term. Well, you know, um, you choose your bio, you type it out. So there are a lot of people who put on there, I'm just looking for a third or I'm looking for a unicorn or whatever. So yeah, people are public about it. And I've seen even like women I know on there with their boyfriends and pictures together. Wait, and stop. I'm yeah. So you see a right lot now. of people you know on the app sometimes. And again, and no shame. No, no. Just listen, not for me. You do you. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as it's like, Everybody's consenting and legal. Um, wow. Okay. So it's very hard to find somebody who's monogamous these days. Everyone is poly. Everyone is polyamorous. Yeah, I know what that means, but we got to explain that just in case. Sure. Polyamorous is like people in multiple sexual or intimate relationships. Yep. Right? Open relationships. And they call it ethical poly because they don't want to cross your boundaries or people in like certain circles go get tested every so often. So it's like safe and ethical is what they call it. Okay. But, okay, how is poly different from unicorn? Like, unicorn is, like, a one-time thing? Yeah, unicorn is more of, like, a one-time, I would say, not so much, like, a relationship. Poly, usually, you're, like, in a relationship with a third or something. Yeah, I know a poly person, and it is all, um, it's all consensual. Yeah. They're in another city, and so I kind of, like, I know every sort of city has their own different dating scene and vibe and things, but, like, you better believe I'm like, so, tell me more about all this. It's, it's interesting, and it's, I feel like our generation, yours too, is finally being open about a lot of these things that were probably happening forever. Yeah. Or I guess the upside is now both members of the couple are aware of what the other is pursuing outside of the relationship. But it's fascinating to me. You're saying this is like really common. You're, it is super common now. Like I'm like kind of in the middle. I'm 30. So like I'm more, 30, a little so. more of like a, yeah. You're a baby 30. 
Yeah. Like uh, more monogamous and like traditional and stuff. But a lot of these early 20 folks, you know what I mean? They're modern. They're liberal. They're, you know. So they're doing things in a very modern way like that. So it's super, super common now. Do you have any friends who have, you said that's not your bag, but do you have any friends who have like dipped their toe into those waters? Oh yeah. Like I have, um, I know a married couple actually who have a girlfriend they've been dating for like a couple of months. Both of them are dating her and they're super cool. And do they have kids? They have one child. Yeah. And they both, the couple, they both identify as queer. Um, and they're both with the woman. Right. So, and they're happy. They they feel like it brought life to their relationship again. I think that's another point. Um, I knew another couple. Um, they're divorced now for separate reasons, but they were married for like 20 years and they decided to open up their relationship because it just came to a dry point. So I think a lot of couples are adding it in for some excitement. I feel like I need to get one of these people on the podcast. A unicorn? <laughs> yeah, unicorn. I thought you were going to say in your relationship. I was like, no, honey. No, we're good. Choose plenty where I We am. should. I think yeah, they would love to talk about I it. I mean, if they're open about it in their own yeah. personal life, why not? I, it's it's an opportunity for sure to educate because yeah. relationships look different these days. You know, the way we're choosing to express, even identify ourselves, you know, the yeah. way you said that your friends identify their preferences. or It's always evolving. So it absolutely is. Yeah. So I think it would be important to bring it on to just show people, you know, there's nothing to judge about. There's nothing really to be scared about. It's just, you know, every adult can do what they want with their body. We're totally getting your friend. You need to text them. Okay. Right? <laughs> I sure will. But for a traditionalist like you, it makes it a little tough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, a huge thing, but those types of things just not for me. And mm. it's all over. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I hope we get the chance to air your, <laughs> your other episode. <laughs> I had Nikki like open up her, um, app and just share a really interesting experience with, um, with that, we're just going to leave that there. Sure. <laughs> we're going to leave that there. So, yes, dating 2019, exhausting. Exhausting. Very exhausting. And, you know, I'm not uh, – you've touched on this about your past. Like, I was never the – I want a husband, kid. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. Just somebody cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm so dedicated to my career anyway. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I do feel like that's kind of like um, a common sort of thought or or a path these days. Like um, a lot of women just have found something that they're passionate about. They're pursuing it professionally. A lot of people doing their own things, not even under a corporate umbrella. And so they're like dedicating a lot of their time and energy to making something happen outside of that relationship sphere. And so, um, in fact, I just, um, I spoke to a group of young girls. I was telling Nikki off the mic before we started recording. I spoke to a very um, intelligent group of girls at Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame this past weekend. Um, about work-life balance and transitioning careers and making decisions as it relates to your family and your profession. And it's it was so encouraging to hear from a group of women who really put some thought into that. I just kind of went just all in in one direction and whatever happened happened you know I wasn't the type of and I I knew the type of job I wanted and I knew that I would pursue that anything else that happened sort of incidental or additionally to that would just be happening it's you know but um it was interesting because these girls were undergrads for the most part and you know they had already really considered you know how they would balance um a family and a career and things and I was like well you know focus on one thing at a time but um it it is it's I don't know if it's because we're all sharing our experiences more in social media like I always kind of come back to this 
you know, we're, we're more connected than ever. So they're we hearing these conversations now, which I love. I yeah. mean, like back in the day. Yeah. I mean, women were homemakers. They mm-hmm. took care of the house when men went off to war. And it's just like, I love that you're standing here and you've got kids and you're a hustler and you're, you know, an entrepreneur and like you have the choice to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think amazing. that's great. It is. I think, you know, the discussion about, um, what is a feminist these days is so tricky because, yeah. you know, because of all of these factors that we're talking about now, there's so much that an individual can decide, an, an individual can decide that's appropriate for her, but from another perspective or through another lens looks um, ridiculously sort of limiting to another woman. It's just like the conversation we had about, you know, my interview with, um, with Jody, the writer who talked about her experience with her husband's infidelity. Like to one person, that conversation came across as, oh my God, I feel so bad for her. To another woman, it came across as, oh my God, I I've never known anyone stronger for deciding to keep, you know, keep working on something that she felt she wanted to work on. We just have so many judgments these days on what is a feminist and what is an empowered woman. And I just think we all kind of need to like, and as a result, people are scared to adopt that term. Like I'm not a feminist. I'm like, okay, like it's not a bad word, but because of that, you know, I think everyone can have their own definition of feminism. You know, so it's like if you want to be the homemaker, by all means, mm-hmm. do that. If you want to be the career woman, go ahead and do that. I mean, it's just whatever you feel feminism is doing. I mean, there's always that question of like, was Marilyn Monroe a feminist or was she the anti-feminist? Yeah, because she practically exploited her own self for her own gain. Then you can ask the same thing about so many women these days who have made a career. Playboy bunnies. Yes. Or, you know, models these days whose job it is to look a certain way and, you know, um, you know, it is difficult to, I don't want to lie. I'm trying not to like just step in a big pile of it. It is difficult. I think sometimes when people choose to showcase their bodies and to like appear half naked on things, then in the next breath say, but take me seriously because sometimes people are distracted by your boobs. It's just that simple, you know, but if that empowers you and you feel like you're at your strongest looking how you look, then you need, you need to do that. And be yeah. I can understand why it's muddy though. I mean, um, it's, it's a discussion that, especially as I raise daughters, I'm trying not to be too black and white on because for them feeling empowered is going to look completely different to the next person. I think people yeah. think I'm a sellout for, you know, choosing in some ways my family over my job. They're like, well, I mean, how empowered can you really be? Because now you have to rely on your husband for A, B, and C. But um, I don't know. I think there's um, I think there's a balance you have to strike within your own relationship and your own life yeah. th- that feels good. And it's going to be different for everyone. Consent, like the fact that it's consensual is what's key there is mm-hmm. that, you know, if you feel good about it and it feels appropriate or whatever – do you, boo-boo? Yeah, do you, boo-boo? Yeah, I mean, it's true. And I, I said this, too, in my talk this past weekend. I think I came off um, a generation, my my parents, my mom in particular, who was a full-time working mom, and I saw someone who literally did it all but who also burned herself out. And so, um, you know, that's why I love doing this podcast, really, is because it, it – it allows us an opportunity to talk about these very unique and specific things that happen. It's life is simple when you have in the beginning and in the end, right? In the middle where we bring other people into our lives, whether through relationships or having children or, uh, you know, working with someone on a regular basis, these things happen that, you know, are, I feel like they're the same problems, but the way we address them are just so vastly different and your audience is not just one type of woman no no and I'm reminded of that all the time in fact I you know I I try I'm trying to sort of cater content to I mean I have to kind of do 
a little bit down certain paths. Motherhood is a big passion for me because I'm really, um, I, I love sharing like cool things that I found or something that might make someone's life feel a little bit easier. But I'm very aware that there are some sister friends out there that are like career people. I heard from someone on Twitter the other day and she was like, can you do topics that don't have anything to do with kids? So, you know, when I brought on Dr. Warren a couple of episodes ago and we talked about sexual health and just... Such a good episode. Yeah, so that was not just for moms. And, you know, I'm open to... I'm open to hearing whatever, guys. So always, um, you know, always reach out. Okay, back. Super professional around here. <laughs> Profesh. I had, to, I had to plug my phone in to charge. I was telling Nikki that I, I, I had to leave my phone closed because the kids have memorized my cell phone number. And so they call from our house phone. And when there's an air quote emergency at the house. So I have to make sure that it was far away and not vibrating on the table. Um, I'm going to sign off, guys. <clears throat> really, really quickly, I realized after I put it up, um, that last week's episode with all the clean beauty recommendations and all that stuff, I was missing entire chunks of things like hair care and things like that. So I'm going to double back and, um, and probably do a part two of that. Um, I have been working with a couple of brands and testing some things out and I want to tell you all about it, but as always, I want to make sure that I'm like trying this stuff and vetting it and making sure that it's not just, um, you know, me just, throwing stuff in your direction. I can promise you that if I recommend anything on this show ever or talk about it, it is something that I have personally put to the test. In fact, um, just a little behind the scenes, I'm working with um, a great girl on branding and all kinds of stuff and where we are going as I head forward with this. And the goal is just to keep it as of service as possible to you. I want this to be a resource for you guys. Um, I'm working on some really interesting guests. I feel like if I put it out into the into the world, what I'm trying to, the, the next few episodes I'm trying to get, it's going to somehow screw it up. So I'm just going to say, come back in the next couple of weeks because I am working on a health-related topic for women that I think is very interesting and it pertains to your boobs. We like talking about boobs um, and it's fascinating. So um, come back for that. And I'm going to leave you with one quick skin tip because I was listening to a podcast with the founder of Drunk Elephant, the skincare brand recently, and I have been um, implementing this tip myself for the past couple of weeks. And I just want to let you know about it because it is something you can do for free and I promise will make a massive difference in your skin. So Tiffany Masterson founded Drunk Elephant. The whole sort of concept and idea behind the brand is that it's clean compatible. It's ingredients that are not necessarily all natural or, or all chemicals, kind of a blend of both, but they are just mainly designed to be non-irritating to your skin and to work with your skin's pH. So um, she was uh, being interviewed on, I think it was the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast a few um, weeks back or a few episodes back. And she talked about what she does to keep her skin in check. And this is something that I've done and didn't know that it was a thing thing. And it's so nice to be sort of validated by a skincare guru. So here's what it is. Okay, stop washing your face in the morning. It's that simple. Um, I have always noticed that my skin was better behaved during the day if I didn't immediately wake up and use a cleanser, even if it was a gentle cleanser on it. Um, in fact, the strangest thing is I had my son by C-section now almost seven years ago, and there was a period of time right after I had him that I couldn't shower for like five days. My skin and my hair never looked better, honey. It was insane. First, it was like grease ball central with my hair. And then when I tell you, it, 
it was mind blowing. Like if I could get by with never shower, never showering again, not really, but you know what I mean. Um, it's just insane. The whole point um, in in the interview she was giving too. The whole point on this sort of less is more theory is that this protects your skin's acid mantle. Your acid mantle is the natural sort of barrier between your skin and the world that that protects you. It keeps your pH in check. It keeps all the bad germs from getting into and absorbing into your skin. So um, if you take anything away from this podcast, take the, forget my like existential ramblings on feminism and just take this quick beauty tip away. All right. Don't wash your face in the morning. And you're going to say, oh my God, but Sunny, I use all these anti-aging products and I blah, blah, blah. Just rinse your face in the morning with water. If you must, um, use a micellar water, which is a, um, don't use one with fragrance though. I want to say this with a big asterisk. Try not to use a micellar water. Try just with a, a splash, several splashes of water and then wiping it dry with a towel to kind of wipe any gunk you feel might be there. I promise you, your skin in a week will look a thousand times better. It's insane. Um, so yeah, try it. If Tiffany Masterson does, if the drunk elephant lady does it and she tells you to do it, then it must work. And I'm telling you too. And by the way, this can also work if you use a retinol at night. Just make sure that when you wake up, you're doing your SPF in the morning. So anyway, that's it guys. This has been a real wild ride. (laughs) This is one of those episodes that I recorded that I'm like, Oh, am I going to go back and just be like, "Mm -mm, Nope. X the whole thing. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, so as always, guys, I really appreciate you listening. This is the part where I ask you to, if you have a moment, please leave a rating and review. Those things actually really do help, Um, specifically the reviews. Those help get this podcast out to people who might enjoy it or like it or find it useful. Um, And tell a friend. That's the best way of getting other new listeners in our fun little circle here, too. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. Still working hard on your behalf to get some really cool interviews coming your way. So make sure you check back next week. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this episode of 30-something and I will see you guys soon.